I am Dr. Lee Cushing. Welcome to my Chamber of Horrors. Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror film. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and one of the creators of the original chill role-playing game. This book recreates the thrills of the classic monster versus monster film. We've got vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, scheming madmen, and plenty of unexpected chills. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors in print or for Kindle at Amazon.com and other fine retailers. Coming soon in other ebook formats. Find out more at CushingHorrors.com or SDSullivan.com and support Steve's work through Patreon at HeySteve.com. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again. And remember, the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. We're gonna talk with the mayor Cause the mayor says he wants to have a chat We're gonna talk with the mayor Cause the mayor says he knows where it's at Citizens of Oleander This is your mayor speaking Yes it is I, the futurist. Look upon the space laser. In 14 days, you shall find out the purpose of the space laser. My minions guard it as it comes into precision and position. So, leave my goats alone. No more coloring my goats. Second, leave my minions alone. They are working. This town shall soon be perfect. You will all enjoy the labor of the futurist. If you do not, that's, that's your thing. Enjoy playing Marble Madness or Big Game Hunter and Oblivion's socially distanced. On the patio, it used to be the smoking section. Okay, so... Uh, goats off limits. Minions off limits. Space laser. Come gaze upon its greatness. Okay, um... What else? Uh... Some other mayor will be coming soon, so I'm, I'm just temporary, okay? I show up when the town needs it, and you need it. Okay, alright, alright, okay. 
start the show on that was a block of steely dan prior to this and before that it was bob seeger and the silver bullet band okay all right okay Okay, Radio Free Holy Adam with DB Spitz and that guy. Oh, he's such a fancy pants. When I was a kid, blah blah blah. And Farmer Dave, he's a good stand up guy. I like him. He's a good farmer as well. Okay. Alright, something about Derek M. Cook, he's on the show a lot, maybe he should be mayor next, okay, alright, what if, what if, that's cool, I love those, okay, uh, Radio Free Hollywood with Farmer Dave and DB. Look in the show notes. Check out what you can do with a few bell effects. Blah, 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 blah. That was me messing around with my better board hooked up to an amp. I can put it to a guitar too or plug it into my chest. It's, it's, it's how my, my, my voice is so charming. Technologies, see what they can do for you. They got a guitar stand that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, sweet baby overdrive, that's really, really cool. Enjoy your technology. You're listening to 1130 AM, Oleander Community Radio. Reminder, stay away from the cemetery because of the goats, and also stay away from city council and city hall and the space laser. Here we go. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Hey everyone, it's me, DB, and uh, this guy over here, Farmer Dave. Dave, how the heck are you doing? I am doing conditionally well. All right. Is that 2021 well? I'm doing 2021 well, yes. Oh. Um, I, did, uh, I did get several requests uh-huh. by several different law enforcement agencies. All right. I don't know if you've seen the memo yet. Not yet. I, I, yeah. What, what's, what's going on? Apparently, some lady in... Well, let me just look at the, the note here. She was in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Yeah. Who recently kidnapped, or last week, kidnapped her neighbor's goat 
and dyed it blue. What, what, was it a kid? Um, the pictures I've seen make it look like a kid, so it was a kidnapping, okay. but it could be one of those dwarf goats. You never know. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so, listeners. So, yeah, so we don't know if she was or was not a listener to Radio Free Oleander. We are not condoning. We, exactly. And we've had a lot of fun in the last couple of weeks about, sure. on our shows about, you know, about blue goats and pink goats and Easter egg colored goats, but we're not yet. We've been we've been asked mm -hmm. by several different state and federal law enforcement agencies, as well as our parent company, yes, Black Clock Radio LLC, yes. that we make an official announcement that we do not condone dying of goats, and that if it is not your goat, it is actually a state crime in many places. And this lady is now on bail for $1,000 waiting her trial. So if you need to die a goat, leave it to us. We're professionals. Speaking of Black Clock Audio Tales, uh, two, two, two things to note. Uh, one, March, we are doing The Mysteries of Adolfo by Anne Radcliffe. And part two, uh, one of the top supporters of Black Clock Audio Tales, uh, current mayor, the futurist, has finished construction on the quote-unquote Oleander Space Laser. And uh, his... Uh, quote unquote minions are sitting around either humming or it's the space laser humming. So everyone here at Radio Free Oleander is excited to see what's going on with that. Dave? Yes, we are. You can tell though, it may be the other minions, but you know, you know, it's not minion minion because Jack can't keep, can't hum a tune for his life. Yeah, no, no, he's the one holding the bucket that he's holding the tune in. Um, yes. But yeah, hey, it might be bad news for Boring Oregon. I don't know what that space laser is for, but I don't think it's for uh, for space. Unless, I don't know, maybe maybe uh, maybe we'll not have a moon. I'm not sure what the Futurist is going to do with a space laser now that I think about it. You know, and I would complain, but he took power legally. There's not much we can do. Yeah, no, I mean, he has the most goats, unless... Unless. And I counted, and he has me. I mean, we might, I might be able to meet, beat him in like three or four weeks once we have a few more babies, but sure. I counted. Even the, even the, the puffy Insta goats that we took underground, mm -hmm. he still has us beat by three. Yes, yes. And nice thing about the Insta goats, though, is they don't reproduce. Unless you pour water on them. <laughs> yes, yes. That's how they reproduce. They reproduce like gremlins, not like goats. Yes. <laughs> For more information about that, go to your local library and go, hey, how do goats make love? Or send me a private message. Please rate it, but how biological I'm allowed to go, but... I can tell you quite a bit about goat biology, unless it's prohibited by your state or local law. Or country. Or country. Speaking of... Speaking of countries... Oh. <laughs> what's that? No, I, I think we were just going to talk about the same thing there. Oh, what's that? 
Well, about how we are pretty well liked in the Norwegian countries. Oh, yeah. yeah. Norway and Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. I guess the Scandinavian countries. The, no, Norway is a single country. Yeah. And I figured out one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that we put out a premium podcast every week. About goats and dungeons but, and dragons, which is popular in both countries. Yes. But also in Norway... Uh, well, in the Norwegian Orthodox religion, mm-hmm. it is a, apparently a sin to make an international telephone call. Oh. So Bjorn and Sven and Sven, my, my friends who are the elders of the, the Norwegian Orthodox Church, yeah. apparently many of our listeners are actually their extended family trying to see how they are doing instead of waiting for letters to come. Oh. So, oh. Oh, I, I was going to say, I should talk to him about Skype, but they're still mad at me from the time I thought they were goblins. Yes, and I, I think that, that Skype is still considered a, uh, a, a sin. Yeah. Uh, they're, 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 the Norwegian Orthodox um, uh, Church is still holding off. They haven't gotten around to deciding whether or not ice cream is a sin yet. Mm-hmm. But... Um, for Bjorn and Sven and Sven's uh, family, they did ask me to leave a message that, you know, uh, Auntie Chris, uh, Katarina, your boys are doing well. The goats are not sick, or the cows are not sick. Mm-hmm. And please send them pointy red hats for uh, Orthodox Norwegian Christmas. Yes. And if people are interested, we do have the Orthodox Norwegian display up in the mayor's office next to diode tubes and rays and vacuum tubes from the ages. So that'll be interesting. So you should check out the uh, city hall, city council, city hall, city hall, mayor's office, city hall. Be there, be there, be there. Or be square. So, hey, uh, what else do we got going on in town right now? Let's see. Uh, Oblivions is getting ready for St. Patty's Day. So that's going to be pretty uh, socially distanced off the hook. Yes, and the, the double secret lockdown apparently is not going to be enforced on Pie hole delivery trucks. So, yes. yeah, Javier's out there uh, in his, uh, uh, you know, in, in his uh, car, and he's out delivering pizza. So, there's that. Yes, yes. And uh, for anything else, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of black market something. So, hey, uh, if you need something that's not black market, do not talk to the folks over at. Uh, Teenage Rebel Auto Wrecking. So, yes, do not talk to Teenage Auto Wrecking. Uh, Teenage Rebel Auto Wrecking for uh, black market needs. They have nothing to do with anything oh. and stay in your house. Do not go outside. Who, who am I not supposed to talk to? Teenage Rebel Auto Wrecking and Auto Part Supply. Who On Highway 26, right next to the gas station. What's that? They did not pay us to say that either. No, they did not actually pay us to say that. Because we didn't say anything. We were not here. And speaking of not here, who's not here right now is a friend of the podcast and part of the Third Timer Club, founding member of the Third Timer Club, Derek M. Cook. 
What's wh what did you uh, get up to talking to Derek about this time? So so Derek is and he's going to make two official announcements on our show. Ooh. So I realize it might be a kind of a long interview, um, but um, you want to stay to the very end because he's going to make some official announcements cool. uh, that uh, I think everybody is going to want to hear. And um, so one of the reasons why it's a long interview is it's basically two geeks talking about role-playing games. Yeah. And Marvel. Okay. And we do, people who listen uh, to uh, Monster Kid Radio know that they do the Classic Five. Mm -hmm. And so when Derek came over last time, we did uh, the Classic Five D&D, but we've got the Classic Five Marvel, uh, as well as just some really... I really appreciate what Derek did. He he really kind of opened up and talked about growing up and, and playing a role-playing game with his brother who's passed on. So it's, like I said, um, it's maybe a little long interview, but um, I, by all means, I, I, think you'll, I think you and I think our listeners will enjoy it. Nice. That sounds good. That sounds awesome. Uh, I, I look forward to editing it. So let's go with that. And we'll talk to you after the break when we talk about Marvel. What if, what if, what Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Here your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. I, I was born ready, sir. I'm excited for this. Excellent. Well, welcome back. This is Farmer Dave on the Farmer Dave Show. And uh, if you, we are under a double secret quarantine here. So you may hear as I'm working with some of the the goats and the, the lambs here. So you may hear uh, a voice, but now we've got another familiar voice and that is Derek M. Cook. Thank you very much for being on the show, Derek. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Uh, let's see. This is my third time now. So exactly. and, and I've survived every time so far. So yes, yes. You uh, sort of, you know, we had a self-fulfilling prophecy last time saying you were going to be our first third timer and thank you very much. You are. Well, th thank you for having me, and thanks for uh, having faith in me to come back again and and hopefully entertain the crowds. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, I don't know if it really has hit the uh, Portland news cycle or not, but uh, we're in Oleander. For those people listening, uh, in the many places that listen to our show, such as Poland. We are big in Poland, believe it or not. Uh, they may not realize it, but we're about 20, 28 miles from uh, from Portland, you know, uh, Central. And we, um, I don't know if you've heard this, but um, 
we are been basically taken over by a giant and nine foot time traveling robot called the Futurist. I've heard about that. Um, I, I hope everybody in, in Oleander is safe. Uh. Yeah, so you know, you know, he hasn't really been violent yet, and he did it by legal means, and you know, so. But his first proclamation was that this was going to be March, uh, Marvel March, which is a good thing. But he's also started back work on the the town's death ray. So, and yeah, there's that. So welcome, you know, welcome to however we got here. Welcome to March, our Marvel March. <laughs> oh, man, you know, it wouldn't be a Marvel or comic book themed anything if there wasn't a death ray involved in some way. So somehow I feel like it works. Correct. And when we got the, the message, you know, uh, through uh, Oleander's pneumatic tube system, uh, we got this message. It was going to apparently I can't didn't do the DNA test, but apparently it was written in human blood uh, saying that this was going to be uh, March uh, Marvel March or March Marvel. However, he's phrased it. You were one of the you were immediately one of the first people I wanted to talk to, because not only are you an expert on on or as far as I consider my level, you're an expert on Marvel comics, wow. but you got, you're also a big fan of the role playing game. So I, yeah, throwing that word expert around, I don't know if that's, but, but you know what? I'll, I'll take it. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I, I'm a huge fan of Marvel superheroes, uh, the role playing game that was produced by TSR in the eighties. I'm not sure if it went into the nineties or not. I don't remember, but yeah, I, I discovered it late eighties, early nineties. And, it was my gateway into role-playing games. It was really something I got a lot of joy out of uh, out of over the years, and uh, I'm just a huge fan. And I've been considering even breaking it out, dusting it off, and maybe doing you know, running a game or two with some friends online because I just I love it so much, and it means so much to me in terms of my role-playing game history and storytelling history, really. So so. In risk of, of uh, spitting in the face of our time-traveling robot overlords, before we get into this, let's talk <laughs> about your other role-playing project that you talked about uh, last time you were on the show, about a month ago, Harsh Realms. How is that doing? Well, Harsh Kingdom. Harsh Kingdom, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, DB, so is, DB is editing this right now, and he's laughing at me. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, I had a Kickstarter campaign running for Harsh Tables Volume 1, which was uh, part of Kickstarter's Zine Quest, I guess, program, initiative, a yearly event where they encourage gaming creators to create, well, zines and promote them on the site and just kind of turn it into a, a big event for independent role-playing game creators and consumers. And the Harsh Tables Volume 1 supplement which is going to be three random tables, one D100 tables. One will be for random uh, items and treasure. One will be for random encounters. Uh, and one will be for random wild magic or, or magic mishaps. But because we've made our stretch goals, we're also going to include new rules for what we're calling harsh death. <laughs> My uh, co-writer, co-creator, Mike Marisitz, who is... Uh, also, my co-host of the Untitled Generation X Nerd Show came up with a really 
what I think is a cool way to handle death in a Dungeons and Dragons setting, and specifically in the Harsh Kingdom settings. And I'll also be publishing a adventure for four like fifth level characters in the Harsh Kingdom setting as well, because of that stretch goal being met. Uh, I'm really excited that the campaign brought in almost double what we set the initial goal for. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, And I'm even more thrilled that even after the campaign concluded, I had somebody here in the Portland area reach out to me and say they really liked the sample that I put up on the website. Uh, Is it available for sale yet? They missed an opportunity to... You know, support it. They want to buy it. It's like, well, stay tuned because it will be made available uh, later this year. In fact, if you look at the Kickstarter campaign, I did put up the first 20 entries of the random item slash treasure chart. So you can treat it as a 1D20 chart. And I've got some mundane items, uh, you know, broken dagger, you know, whatever. Uh, some gems, some unique gems like a you know, a copper light. I'm going to let listeners look that up so they can figure out what that is. Or there's even an artifact on the table that I call the Stone Bastard, which is a hand-and-a-half bastard sword that, uh, well, can turn your opponent to stone. So it, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that one, actually. Uh, so, yeah, you can go to the website, uh, actually the Kickstarter campaign, look in the updates, and you can find the sample there for you. Well, go ahead. I'm, I'm glad yeah. to hear that that's going well, and I'm oh, excited man. to follow that. And oh. we will make sure we have some links there. I'll make sure I send them to you and DB because, man, I am so excited about it. Well, no, it's, it, it is. I cannot tell you how many times people got together and it's like, um, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to play. Okay, well, we hadn't planned it. David, where are you going to run? And I have gone to like that that chart for items chart. And mm-hmm. then we developed an adventure right over it. So I'm excited about that. that. That's really kind of the intention. And, you know, yeah, it's cool. You've got a hundred different new items for different treasures that people might find or items they might find. Oh, boy, they just found a box full of candies with a love note inside. Well, you know, that's kind of a boring item, not worth a lot of money. But a DM might say, hey. Let's build an adventure around that. Why is there this random tin full of sweets in the middle of nowhere with a love note? Did that person ever get the love note? You know, just who wrote the love note? Was it really a love note? Yes, it's hopefully sparking some ideas for different adventures as well. Oh, absolutely. And why are these mysterious assassins trying to kill us? Because we have that love note. Exactly. That's the whole point. You know, that's another whole, maybe not the whole point, but that's another point. You know, you know why did that chronomancer fight tooth and nail to the death to protect that, that box of candy? <laughs> why is that so special? Why did that person hold on to it so much? And why did the, yeah, it, you got it. You're getting the point. You got it. All, all those jumpstart ideas. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Fun okay, stuff. Well, I, love it. I love it. Yeah. Well. Well, I'm glad it's. I'm glad it's going well, and, and I'm. I can't wait to get it. So, as we sort of stir back into Marvel, um, you also have a, among other things, you have a gaming YouTube channel, and. Right. Which you have? What what is the name of that channel? Uh, Dice Monster Dice. Uh, so it does not have enough subscribers, unfortunately, yet 
hopefully some of your listeners can help me out. But once I get enough subscribers, I can actually give it its own unique URL per YouTube. But for now, you just have to look up Dice Monster Dice, and you'll be able to find it. Okay. Excellent. And you talked about, that's where, I mean, we've known each other for years. I'm sure we've mm-hmm. talked about this in gaming, but you, this, this is what really got me thinking was one of the things that you said on, on that show. So, um, what is maybe, why is the Marvel game so special to you? Well, like I said earlier, it was the first role-playing game that I ever got an opportunity to play. I, I knew what gaming was and RPGs were before then. I had checked out like the Champions superhero role-playing game book from the library. Didn't understand a lick of it. And, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so of course I knew what Dungeons and Dragons were, but I wasn't allowed to play. But my friend Greg, one of my best friends at the time, and if by chance he's listening, hey Greg! <laughs> um, he knew I was interested in comic books and gaming and playing and that sort of thing. And he had my brother and I over to his house and we ended up playing this session. He was the judge and it was a adventure involving, or it was an adventure involving the West coast Avengers, who was one of my favorite teams, Uh, comic book titles at the time, loved the West coast Avengers so much. I loved the wackos. Uh, And uh, um, it just kind of, opened up my eyes to this kind of interactive storytelling in a way that almost no other kind of fiction ever really struck me. Yeah, you know, I'd read twist-to-plot books and choose-your-own-adventure books and played video games and things like that, but there was just something magical about sitting at the dining room table at Greg's house with my brother and, you know, playing Hawkeye. And I can't remember who my brother played. He might have been Wonder Man. Uh, trying to save Iron Man from something. And it was just awesome. It was just so awesome. And Greg knew I loved it so much that he bought me my own set and gave it to me for Christmas, uh, that following Christmas. And, man, I ran so many people through so many games ever since. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's amazing. You know, I never actually played <gasps> the the Marvel the Marvel version mm-hmm. but you know and I, I'll, I'll tell you I'm kind of opposite of most comic book nerds I didn't get into comics until after I graduated college and all of a sudden I had my own money I could spend on things hey there you go <laughs> and, and so one of my first connections to say Marvel comics where I really got to know them was in the back of Dragon Magazine they used to have the last 20 or pages or so were gray. And then they would have the, the science fiction part, and they would include Marvel. And so a lot of my first introduction to a lot of Marvel characters were the character write-ups in the Marvel – in the back of Dragon Magazine. That's where I first learned about Hawkeye and uh, oh, uh, uh, Mockingbird and – so many other of the characters that when nice. I decided to get into comics, I went to my game store and there was like these two giant books that had a list of all the characters and the stats and they you you could put them into clipboard I mean into uh, like three ring binders and so that is a lot of ways my introduction to a lot of the a lot of the maybe lesser known Marvel uh, Marvel 
characters. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back a little bit further than the actual introduction to the gaming because when I started reading comics, uh, one thing that really introduced me to a lot of the Marvel characters that I would have never encountered otherwise were the uh, collected editions of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. And I had volumes one and three. So I had, and it was, it was like an encyclopedia. So I had letters A through C and then H through J maybe. Okay. But, but either way, my brother and I would sit there and read those voraciously. And uh, we would sometimes quiz each other, like trying playing like a weird 20 questions, looking at one of the characters. One person would pick the character. The other one would ask his yes or no questions, trying to figure out who they were, um, just based on what's the character's real name? What's the character's superpower? Where was he born? You know, what team's he on? That sort of thing. And we would do that and then even take it a step further sometimes and do this kind of play acting out in the yard. Like, hey, I'm Wolverine and I'm I'm Wonder Man and we have these little adventures. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Off the you were inventing a role-playing game and not even knowing it. Yeah, yeah, not really. I mean, it's like kids playing cops and robbers, right? Or, or, or cowboys and Indians. I mean, we, except we were superheroes. I can't remember if I told the story on my podcast or not, uh, or on my YouTube channel, but <laughs> my brother, uh, my brother, rest in peace, and I were playing, and he said he was going to be Daredevil. And, okay, fine, cool, you're Daredevil. Except he kept running around and doing Daredevil stuff with his eyes open, and I told him, Daredevil's blind, you have to do it with your eyes closed. <laughs> And he's like, you can't do it that way. I, I, I can't play if I can't see. And I said, no, 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 look, it's easy. I was in the middle of the front yard. I closed my eyes and I started running full bore toward the garage. Um, my thought was my foot would hit the garage, the side of the building before my face did. And I'd be able to stop myself and really impress my brother about how cool it was that I was able to stop right before him in the garage. Yeah, that, that didn't work. I actually ran full on head first into the side of the building Ooh. and bounced back and landed on my butt. Uh, my brother just started laughing because I'm sure it looked utterly ridiculous to anybody else watching. Like, no, 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 watch this. Bam. bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So uh, fortunately, role playing games, a lot safer than that. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I've never played Daredevil. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Never again. <laughs> yeah. So another one, another one that that played, it wasn't Marvel, though. It was a GURPS. Oh, and yeah. GURPS had a superhero. Yeah, sure. And, and so the Game Master basically had it that Professor X set up a college outside of Albany, New York. Okay. So it was it was the X-Men but it was a little bit older so you know we could tackle maybe not not you know not pornographic or anything but sort of more adult the you know more adult characters that were a little bit more mature. Sure. Um, sure. And my my guy had his power was mainly enhanced time sense. And Ooh. basically what that does you always win initiative. And anybody's role play, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. You roll for initiative. But I didn't even have to roll. I won. I'm first. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. That's great. That was. And, and the rest of the group would roll. It. Oh, David goes first. And they'd all roll their eyes. But we had this one where one of the guys 
had a strength of 100. He put everything in the strength. So the strongest normal human being could be in GURPS would be 20. So he was five times stronger than the, the strongest you know, normal human being. Okay, okay. And the other guy, he had he had sort of, it was kind of, he had basically flexible stretching powers, but he'd gotten some experience points. So um, he spent uh, like five points and he got one level of metal skin. So think, you know, uh, Mr. Fantastic and Colossus, if Colossus had tinfoil for skin. And we were attacking this, yeah, we were attacking this building, right? And, and I don't even remember. It was we had to rescue someone or get the formula or or stop them from spreading some plague. But so they sent down from the top of the building the the, the goons, which were like regular security guards. Mm-hmm. And so the guy with the um, super strength, he always carried a baseball bat. And the guy with the you know flexible skin, he said, "Okay, wait, I'll take him, help him take it out." So he turns his hand into like a metal baseball, and he says, "Okay, hit my hand." So he hits it with a hand, and and they miss. And then the GM turns to him and says, "Okay, roll damage." He goes, "I why? I I missed." No, but you just hit this guy's hand with a, a baseball bat. So he rolled like 35 points of damage. Oh! Minus one. <laughs> so his skin, because the guy didn't realize how it worked. So it only subtracted one point of damage from that. Oh, and so boy. his hand slid all the way down to this, like, uh, you know, skyscraper into the wall. Oh. And then he his body followed it. And you no, know, But the guy pl- did it. He played, you know, the whole rest of the adventure. He was like, you know, holding his hand and he was, you know, uh, staggering around because he'd just been thrown into a wall. Uh, and I don't remember any other of that adventure other than that. That was like a classic. We always read time. Oh, boy. Yeah, that that's crazy, man. Wow. I love it though. You know, it's, you look back at these things, these role-playing games and you know, the, the memories of them, at least for me, and it sounds like for you, they're so strong, you know, I mean, these were not actual get up and fight physical encounters, but we imagined them just as hard, if not more so than somebody actually doing them, you know, and they just, they become these special moments and memories. And, I mean, I guess that's one of the things that's special to me about role-playing games in general. Plus, you, you had Marvel to the mix, which was the only company I read back then. Oh, man. It was it was awesome. Just awesome. Yeah, and that's... I mean, yeah. And so, if, especially if you've got a product that people already know and are invested in, mm-hmm. like Marvel... Um, and then it's it's sort of yeah it, it's sort of you got something extra bonding I mean you can create this you know fantasy world and we get elves and stuff but it's something different if it's a world you're already invested in yeah I mean so my my, my gaming choices back in the day were D and D Star Wars and Marvel. With maybe a little bit of start. And for those who are listening, let's make a clarification. That's West End Gates, uh, West End Games, D6 Star Wars. That's right. That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
in, in these properties, because we already love them our, you know, already, we can inject ourselves into it. And whether you're playing an established character like I did with my brother and Greg with the very first game that we ran or that we played in, or you're making up characters of your own and integrating them into the world, it's just such a rich experience, you know? I, I used to call the games that I ran MU+. Plus. The Marvel Universe, plus a little extra, you know, the MU plus stuff. So in my in my games, everything that had happened in the comic books up until that point happened. That was canon. And then the plus part came from the new player characters interacting with the world and doing stuff. And You know, I, I'm more of a DM, GM, judge, whatever than player. And I ran some epic Marvel games, man. <laughs> you know, with with new player characters, PCs running around, new heroes. Uh, and this was 20 years ago, and they're still part of my brain. And eventually, will find their way into other stories. I'm sure. No, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, one of the things, the many things I love about Monster Kid Radio is that you have a game called The Classic Five. Mm -hmm. We ask five sort of, you know, classic questions about monsters. And so we did that with D&D last time, and we'll do it with Marvel here. But before we kind of jump into The Classic Five, do you have any other stories or anything you want to share? Oh, regarding Marvel superheroes? Um, Or in general. In general? Man, I... uh... Gosh, just even talking to you is bringing so many different ideas and stories that I ran over the years to brain to my brain, to the forefront of my brain. Um, I ran like a three-year-long campaign with a group of characters that, before the Marvel Cinematic Universe did it, I made the Infinity Gauntlet a thing. And it was... I mean, obviously, I didn't create the Infinity Gauntlet. You know, I was inspired by what was in the comics. But I had taken the reality gem and said some villain had shattered the reality gem, which shunted our characters into all these different alternate realities. So I had them hopping from basically one what-if universe to another that I had made up. Uh, One where the world had been taken over by vampires, including the superheroes. Oh, nice. Uh, (laughs) Had a player... um, he. <laughs> All right. You know you're in a superhero-rich world where a lot of the superheroes and villains had been turned into vampires. The world is in a pretty rough state. You're walking around downtown New York. It's nighttime. There's a church. It's been chained up from the outside. What do you think's inside that church? Nothing you want to let out. Of ideas. <laughs> Nothing you want to let out. So of course, one of my players decided he wanted to go inside the church to see what was going on. So he busted open the chains, opened the door, and oh no, there's a vampire X Factor inside. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I had that. Uh, we had one where like. Every superhero team basically became a version of the Avengers. We called them the Black Rain Avengers. Uh, Rain being R-E-I-G-N. Uh, and they were led by the Punisher and the Black Knight. <laughs> for okay. And they were based out of Texas. And <laughs> I don't remember why we did it that way. But yeah, it was that was fun. Um, just, oh man, just so many different adventures and fun stuff that we did. 
Uh, we did a, an alternate future with a different group uh, set in Cheyenne, Wyoming, where we were living at the time, and uh, where there was like a, a dark force experiment gone wrong at the local military air force base, which basically turned most of Cheyenne, Wyoming into a ghost town. And we had adventures happening there. Man, just... You know when we're done recording, I'm going to go dig out all my old Marvel stuff. You know it's supposed to happen, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's okay. Gosh, that's okay. man, this Marvel superhero stuff. Um, I do... Oh, boy. You know what? I, I can sit here and just tell you war story after war story. Your podcast doesn't need to be four hours long, so I'm going <laughs> to... Why don't you go ahead and go? <laughs> okay, that's probably a good thing, because I can normally listen to those stories. But oh, And I'd want to hear some of yours, man. So. Okay, so are you ready for the Marvel 5? Okay. And so we're going to pretend that I have more than five cards here that have questions on them. Fair enough. And I'm going to randomly pull them off, not read okay. from a list I made. As long as they're and I, about gnome inventions, I'll be fine. No gnome <laughs> inventions, although that would be the awesomest Marvel hero. Or, you know, a, a gnome that makes gadgets and uses, like, Iron Man suits with magic. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, oh you got me thinking now, man. Yeah. Okay, but here we are, and I will admit some of these. This is a this is a uh, an A or a B question, but some of these other questions are who is, and I'm going to say that we're not going to hold you to just necessarily one. If it's maybe two or three, because I can necessarily come up with one. So the oh, first man. question, I just remembered the alternate reality where. <laughs> the son of Satan was the Sorcerer Supreme and they had to oh. beat something in from a pentagram that was made out of <laughs> they went to the Pentagon and drew a giant pentagram incorporating the Pentagon and that became the gate to bring in something to save oh gosh okay anyway go ahead go ahead <laughs> okay Spider-Man Spider-Man or Iron Man oh boy you know what If I look back at the comics I read growing up, I would say Spider-Man. I loved uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man comic book. That was my title. Didn't really care for Amazing Spider-Man for some reason or other, but Peter, pa Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, which eventually became the Spectacular Spider-Man, was my comic. Specifically issues number 116 and 119. Yes, I have them memorized. Because in those issues, Sabretooth shows up. And Sabretooth and Spider-Man, who's wearing the black costume and the black cat, fight. And it is so cool. <laughs> but that was my comic growing up. I love that comic so much. Today? You know, I think I still get more joy out of Spider-Man than Iron Man. Somebody go Spider-Man. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna agree with you on that. I'm gonna go with Spider-Man because even though I didn't grow up with the comics until I got into college, we grew I grew up on the the and it, they were all reruns by the time we saw them, the '60s Spider-Man cartoons. Oh yeah, that's the good stuff, man. Yeah, and, and so he, other than him and then Batman, because they were also always running rerunning the Adam West. So mm -hmm. and. And that didn't really necessarily a good way to start with Batman. So Spider-Man and Batman were sort of my first OG superheroes. So I'm, go. I'm going to say Spider-Man. Uh, 
in the 80s are Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends cartoon, and that's what first introduced me to Doctor Strange because he turned up in one episode, and like it was over after that. So, yeah. or, or, or that 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 one cartoon where they meet the X-Men and um, Wolverine <laughs> has an Australian, an Australian accent, <laughs> foreshadowing that they would cast an Australian to play him in the future. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, ready for number two? Hit me. Who is your favorite female Marvel character? Oh boy. Okay. Favorite female Marvel character. That one's tough. I liked Firestar once she joined the Avengers. Um, I guess she was okay with young justice too, but I really liked Firestar. Uh, when she was written by Kurt Busiek in the 90s and she joined the Avengers. I really liked her a lot. Um, let's see. Are we talking heroes or villains? Or does it matter? Uh, you know, I left that up. I actually left that one up. Character, because... So, so either way. Hmm. So, yeah, Firestar is right up there for me. Um... Dazzler. Dazzler from the X-Men. She, I feel like she was somebody who uh, doesn't, she doesn't get enough attention anymore. Uh, I really liked her uh, when Claremont was writing her. I liked the uh, interplay between her and Rogue on the team. Uh, I, I just really liked Dazzler and um, yeah, so Dazzler, I'm going to go with her. I know she was kind of created as a joke. I know it was kind of like Maybe not as a joke, but it could be seen as a joke. Kind of like you know, a disco superhero, whatever. There was going to be a movie and it didn't happen, whatever. But yeah, I really like Dazzler a lot. So, okay. Dazzler yeah, and Fire. Yeah. There you go. So, so, you know, I really like something if I name a goat after it. Uh oh. And so, we have a goat. It's Kamala Khan. Oh, there you go. Marvel. Nice. Yeah. You know, and when I first read that, that, that they were going to do a, um, you know, a, a, a Pakistani American, a Muslim American character. I have, honestly, I thought it was a stunt. I thought it was just a stunt, but no, not only does she capture what I feel that a superhero would go through, but what, uh, um, uh, what a Muslim goes through in America, but also a, a teenage girl. I recommend anybody who has like a 13-year-old daughter buy, you know, buy Generation Y or one of the, her first uh, first uh, graphic novels for that for that girl. That's just amazing art, amazing mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I kind of I like Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Oh, okay. I and I'm really excited that she's going to be in the Hawkeye series. But I'll, I'll tell you what really got I, what really got me uh, was in one of the episodes or issues um, she dressed up as Hawkeye from uh, Mash for Halloween. <laughs> I, I just thought that was brilliant. But that's no, awesome. I really really like Kate Bishop Hawkeye. That's that's so cool. Yeah, no, she's awesome. Um, and yeah, the Miss Marvel. Such an interesting character. I mean, I know that Marvel 
for for a short period there, they were kind of changing everything up. You know, we're going to gender swap and an identity swap. These, you know, you try to come up with diversity, you know, in their mm-hmm. comic books, which is really needed. I mean, yeah. so many of the characters are a bunch of white dudes, and if they're not white dudes, they're white chicks. You know, you, you got to have some diversity, and I appreciated that. But I really feel like Marvel did more than just make her a stunt. She's a lot of fun to read, and. I mean, she writes fan fiction about her teammates. I mean, yep. <laughs> her hero teammates. And that that's just adorable. I love it. Um, but as soon as you started talking about her, I thought of another one for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's from an alternate reality. Uh, I don't know what Earth number she is, but she appeared in an issue of What If? And then she got her own title and it ran a long time. Spider-Girl. Uh, who was Peter Parker's and Mary Jane's daughter. Her name was May Parker, nicknamed Mayday. And it was about her adventures. She was a young person. She was in school. Uh, And that comic actually launched uh, a little, an imprint of Marvel called the MC2 universe. So you ended up with like another version of the Avengers there and some other characters there, you know, like the, the descendants of there was a, a young, uh, like the child of the juggernaut, you know, was, was there and that sort of thing. Um, now I really like spider girl and that comic lasted a long time, a lot longer than I think a lot of people thought it would. Um, but like there was a team called a next, uh, there's the fantastic five, a version of the new warriors were there. Uh, it was just really cool. So, yeah. yep. Spider girl, dazzler and Firestar. There's my team. <laughs> okay, that that kind of leads us to our next question. Uh-oh. What is your favorite Marvel team? Oh boy. Okay, I have two. Um, okay. So first, I said something about vampires earlier. Um, I think anybody who knows me or spends more than a few minutes with me knows that I love my monsters. Right? I love them. And if I can mix supernatural with superheroes, dude. I'm in comic book heaven. So I think my favorite team, they're not really officially a team, but they kind of are. They're called the, that's the midnight suns. Okay. And this was an, uh, a group of characters that came together to fight like Lilith and a bunch of other big, bad things. And it was ghost Rider, Danny catch. Um, it was Johnny blaze, the original ghost Rider, blade, <laughs> Um, uh, oh man I'm going to blank on all their names now I love them so much I can't remember their bloody names uh, it was basically the Night Stalkers uh, it yeah. was it was Blade uh, let's see I'm going to get their names here in a second one was a descendant of Dracula uh, was it Frank Drake that's right yeah Frank Drake and um, who was the other dude Hannibal King, yes, another vampire. So it's Blade, I, Frank, I was going to say it started King. with an H, but I couldn't yep. remember it. Uh, the two Ghost Rider characters, uh, Morbius, the living vampire, and another group called the Darkhold Redeemers. And just, I love that that group. And they would come together for a few crossovers here and there. Uh, ultimately, all the titles got canceled, except Morbius ran a little bit longer than the rest of them. Because Morbius had the Spider-Man cachet they can cash in on a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, but I loved that group. I loved that that group of characters. I loved those books. I was never a big Ghost Rider guy, but reading Ghost Rider as part of the Midnight Sun stories were amazing. So, yeah, I, I just I love that, that group that together. And I said, if I have to pick one group out of that, it'd be the Night Stalkers. Because, I mean, fighting supernatural, super-powered villains, man. And and in that that's the book that inter- that made me love Blade. I thought Blade was cool. But reading Night Stalkers, and after they get together to do their big bad fight against Lilith, and Doctor Strange shows up to make sure everything's cool, then Blade gets up in Doctor Strange's face and says, hey... You know, we don't put up with the supernatural stuff, so you best watch yourself. Blade threatens Doctor Strange. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> so so there's that. If I had to go more traditional superhero, though, it's the Avengers all the way. Not just because of the movies, but because I love the Avengers. Um, I grew up loving the X-Men, but I had a creative writing teacher in high school who loved the Avengers, and uh, he really kind of won me over. And... I can go back and reread pretty much any Avenger title, even some of the stuff from the 90s, and just fall in love all over again. So, my favorite team only lasted 12 episodes. Okay. And was supposed to be an alternative universe, but other writers have liked it so much that they brought versions of these characters in, and that is Next Wave. Oh, yeah! Lauren Ellis. Which, the only way I can describe Next Wave is both making fun of and making love to comics. I mean, and it does it, it, and it takes the characters and it changes them. And so, uh, like, uh, uh, Elsa Bloodstone stops being a blonde Boston Valley girl, Buffy, the, uh, uh, vampire slayer clone. And she becomes English and turns her hair red. And he, so he changes all these characters, including, uh, Monica Rambo, who's uh, now getting a little bit of popularity with WandaVision, uh, she appeared. And he takes all these C-less characters and just makes this hilarious, but <laughs> the same part, you're not supposed to be thinking about it. You're deeply thinking about it. So I love Next Wave. Yeah, um, our mutual friend Dominic Lamsey's loves the Next Wave too. So, yeah, and actually, I think it was her that pushed me to read Next Wave to begin with, because I, I knew about it, but I wasn't ready for like a snarky take on my superheroes. Because darn it, you know Monica Rambeau, she was an Avenger. Treat her with you know, blah blah blah. But whatever, you know, I read Next Wave and I love it. It's so much fun. So, so one of the things they did, and and you got to remember, this was like in the early 2000s, 2007 or something before, that they reprinted one of their episodes without any color as a coloring book. Did one they really? Things. That's yeah. amazing. So yeah, and this was this was ahead of the time. So yeah, and uh, and and uh, and I get there's some accusations there now, but you know, if anybody that was in a position to to make fun yet still be respectful it was warren ellis i was gonna say it's warren ellis and he had great art too Stuart immelman i don't think people talk about him enough when it comes to some of the great artists from the 2000s i mean i think he's still working now but he he did a lot of great work um so yeah next wave man that's that's a great book i I love next wave uh and, and it's still obscure enough that that you get some little hip cachet uh, by mentioning it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So, okay. This one is just one of those, there are probably too many things to answer, but 
What is your favorite Marvel graphic novel or story arc? Oh, oh, okay, easy, easy, easy. Okay, you said story arc. That's what did it for me. The Acts of Vengeance. Acts of Vengeance took place in the 80s, and it was one of these big company-wide crossover events. And basically, the premise is simply all the supervillains get together, they meet up, they decide they're tired of getting beat by their counterparts, so let's just switch it up a little bit. So Dr. Doom decides he's going to fight Punisher instead of who he normally fights. Okay. And, and and the whole thing, it's just like that the whole way. They keep swapping their villains. Like the Mandarin goes after the X-Men instead of Iron Man. That sort of thing. And I loved it. Uh, I love that idea so much. Because it further established that the Marvel Universe was more than just you know, one comic that you could read. Well, it's the X-Men fighting Magneto again. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, you swap the villains around. And it, it makes the world that much more rich because you've got all these connections, right? Uh, plus, you get to see what happens when the Punisher goes to Latveria. Yeah. and fights like cool. a thousand doom bots <laughs> but I, I love the acts of vengeance i think i think it has been collected and released since then um so there's that and i think yeah that'd be my number one right there for sure i guess if i had to pick another one it'd be the evolutionary war with the uh, high evolutionary uh, okay who was another one of my favorite characters um love that guy love the, the the concept of the character and this was a story that was told through the annuals of the comics back when comics would have their annuals every year and would do different little one-off things well this evolutionary war connected all the titles and even if i remember right that was when alf was being published by marvel and there was a cross oh. they, they included alf very briefly in the evolutionary war <laughs> I like sort of some more some of the more obscure titles. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, a Deadpool, and it's an alternative universe. It's Wade Wilson's War. Okay. In which, you know, he is dying of cancer. He is dying scar. He does have all these powers that the government has given him, but mm-hmm. it's not. He's in a mental hospital. And to testify before Congress, but it's not all this clear way sort of. So you see it first, the story told as you would kind of expect it in the combat and in, in, in a in a Marvel title. Then you see a completely different drawing. What ha- really happened? Okay, okay. And it's just a real kind of sort of conflict, but it's also it's just close enough to real that it's possible, and then it kind of gets glorified into comic books. And I love espionage. I mean, I'm I'm excited about uh, um, uh, Falcon and uh, the Winter Soldier. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, I'm a 1980s espionage person. I keep wanting to call it Falcon and the Snowman. But, um, (laughs) but, um, you know. That's awesome. (laughs) So, um, but I love, um, it's, I think, and again, it would have been, in 2010, when they re-released uh, Black Widow, and the second, uh, the first first arc was Homecoming, which I thought was pretty good. But the next was called The Things They Say About Her, where okay. you know she really is this spy, and so she sort of caught the Cold War is over, you know, and she was apparently on the outs with the Avengers, and so she had to basically redefined herself with all this 
hostile sort of like publicity. So I really like that in a, a later, I think it's only been, it was probably, oh, probably about maybe seven years ago called, um, uh, uh, Black Widow, sorry, uh, In the Name of the Rose. Okay. Which was a, so I, I like, I kind of like sort of the sea level store, uh, characters. You know, that's always been my thing too. As much as I love the Avengers and all that, I mean, my absolute, and I don't know if this is going to be a question or not, but my absolute favorite Marvel character, shoot, superhero character, uh, is somebody who has only had his own miniseries. Mm, that's it. <laughs> I mean, he turns up in other comics here and there, but my favorite character is a complete one-off, you know, odd C-tier, I believe he should be higher, but C-tier character. So I get it, man. Um, so, so it's not the next question, but who is that? The Jack of Hearts. Okay. I love the Jack of Hearts, and I don't know... Maybe I just read the miniseries at the right time for me to fall in love with the guy. Um, but I, I have made it a quest over the years, and I haven't really been pursuing it lately, financially and all. But I wanted to get every single Jack of Hearts appearance. And he appe- he started in Deadly Hands of Kung Fu magazine. So he starts as a street-level character. But he makes appearances in Spider-Man, Defenders, Silver Surfer, ROM... Rom Space Knight he appears in. Uh, he did join the Avengers eventually, but man, Jack of Hearts is my dude. I love me some Jack of Hearts, and I really wish there was more material out there for him. I think he's died and come back since then, because everybody gets better in the comic books. But yeah, uh, yeah Jack everybody, of Hearts. Is my everybody dude. but Uncle Ben. That's true. That's true. It used to be everybody but Uncle Ben, Gwen Stacy, and Bucky, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, now you know better. Um, there's one other storyline I'll mention just real quick. Cause I did say X-Men earlier. I loved the mutant massacre. Uh, this was before the fall of the mutants. This is what um, introduced me to the idea that you could have mutants that had non combative powers. It was basically a story where mutants were being killed, murdered um, by the marauders. And there was a mutant, uh, I think this appeared in a Daredevil that was kind of sort of tangentially related, where the guy was a poet. Mm. I could be mixing this up. Maybe I'm mixing this up. But either way, I love that story. There's this poet who just, he had such a way with words that he was considered a mutant. Well, kill him. You know, I'm just, I liked that. And But yeah, the, the mutant massacre stuff with the marauders going around, they got into the Morlock tunnels. And uh, that, that's what led to all of that stuff. And boy, I loved that team. And oh. okay, so I'm going to pull out my Marvel superhero stuff and my Marvel comics when we're done talking here. <laughs> oh, well, fair enough. Okay, fifth and final question. Yeah, yeah. If you could have one Marvel character, uh, hero character, or powered character, live in your hometown for real. Who would it be? Oh, boy. Um, Man, you could go so many different ways with that. If somebody lived here... 
I mean, yeah, I could say I want to. Yeah, yes, I'd say I want to hang out with Jack of Hearts because I love the dude so much, but I don't know what he'd do here. And it's not like he could take me on adventures with him in outer space, I, you know. Um, yeah. And the big guns, you know, like Iron Man and all them, they they tend to draw attention from the super villains, so you don't. <laughs> Yeah. You you don't want to put yourself in you know ground zero of super activity. Boy, I don't know. That's tough, dude. Um, okay. Do you have one? Because I'll keep thinking. So so, so la- last week I asked this question, and I answered well, po- and I answered not for Oleander but Portland. I said, well, you know, quirky. I was thinking Deadpool, but I've changed my mind in a week. Deadpool so would this fit is you. the hero that I think that best represents Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Howard the Duck. <laughs> First of all, he's a detective. He can solve a lot of mysteries. You know, he he likes the ladies. He likes to drink. You know, I mean, fit fine. And Portland would be the one town. You're a duck. Yeah, I am. What about it? Okay, pay your bill. You know, you know, Portland would accept him as a duck. So if, if I think that Portland had one superhero uh, or will represent it, I think it would be Howard the Duck. Yeah. I'd say Deadpool would fit too. Um, boy, now you got my brain kind of going all to the weird and quirky. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna throw another one out if you don't mind. Sure. So, if superheroes are real, then vampires would be real, <laughs> and if vampires would be anywhere real, it's gonna be. Portland or New Orleans. And so I can see Blade hanging out. <laughs> you know, Portland, there, there's something magical about this area. And, and I know other cities can make that claim too. But there's something magical about, about this area that just kind of, you know, the urban legends, you know, the Shanghai tunnels and you know, the buildings downtown, the bomb shelter they got covered up. You just saw, you know, the, the one college that's got like a nuclear reactor. There's all sorts of weird stuff happening out here. College. Yeah, there's all sorts of weird stuff happening out here. I could see, like either like a blade or or uh, like a Doc Strange or yeah, something magical, something magical. So, <laughs> why not? Give me Hellstorm. Give me the Son of Satan. Okay. Give, me, know, give me Hellstorm. Because he did some effective stuff I'm, too. I'm sure that, that, that if there was a demonic child, that Portland would be on his to-visit list. Sure. There we go. That's, that's, my, that's my guess. Excellent. <laughs> well, this has been a, a pleasure, but for people listening, um, and, you know, I think most of the people who listen to the show know who you are, but um, for not, uh, what are some of your, uh, besides uh, uh, Harsh Kingdom, I got it right this time, yeah. uh, what are some of uh, what are the, some of the things that people can find you on? So I'm probably most known in the podcasting space for Monster Kid Radio, which is the weekly podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre movies of yesteryear. We just released episode 512. And if this episode is going out as soon as you said it is, 
513 should be available now. Uh, just talking about classic monster movies and related subjects with guests, uh, kind of rotating people in and out all the time. Uh, we just had uh, Troy Howarth on the show, who does a lot of commentary tracks for some of these movies. We had author Nicole Cushing on the show recently. I've got Stephen D. Sullivan. <laughs> He's coming up again, huh? He's going to be on the show uh, this week, in fact. Um, you've been on the show whenever I shove a microphone in your face at the Lovecraft Film Festival. We need to have you on for a regular episode at some point. Just a regular old Monster Kid Radio at some point. And DB, too. Tell DB that I still want him on to talk about Robot Monster. That, that's that's uh, got to happen. I will, I will pass that on to him. Because <laughs> he, he's maybe, brought it maybe, up over the years. Uh, and yeah. And, and maybe, uh, I know you're so busy, but maybe I'll email some suggestions on shows that we could talk about. I would love that. I would love that. That's one of the things that I love is that there's so many movies out there. Sometimes I don't even know about, you know, I know a lot of people, you used the word expert earlier, throw that word around when it comes to MKR and Monster Kid Radio. But dude, there are so many movies out there that I've never even heard of. I stumbled across a Soviet, a Russian film this morning from 1962. The American title is Amphibian Man. Never heard of it before until I stumbled across it. Uh, Looks interesting. Uh, it's one of these movies that apparently The Shape of Water was accused of ripping off. I didn't know anything about that either. Uh-oh. But uh, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds like a great classic monster movie from a part of the world I don't know anything about. But yeah, there's so many movies out there. So yeah, please email me a list. Uh, but yeah, Monster Kid Radio is probably the main thing that I'm known for. But, you know, I'm slowly starting to amp up the gaming side of things with Dice Monster Dice and the Harsh Kingdom and some other things as well. Uh, I'm actually combining the two later this month. Um, once a week, twice a week, excuse me, I, I host online streaming, basically movie marathons. On Tuesday, I do science fiction movies at the twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio or monsterkidmovie.club and then on Saturday all day it's nothing but science fiction movies and we do that every week so twice a week you can watch movies with me and a whole bunch of other people in the chat room well coming up at the end of March is an event called GaryCon it's uh, celebrating the life and works of Gary Gygax you bring it back to gaming uh, and they do this every year and unfortunately, because of the pandemic, they can't do it in person. So they go virtual. And this will be the second year in a row they've gone virtual. And the past, Gary Khan, as well as what they called their Autumn Revel, uh, I offered to host movies for them. And I'll be doing, hopefully, I'm pretty sure I will be, um, hosting movies with them again this uh, this month, at the end of the month, on a Saturday. I'm going to start the Saturday stream a little bit early and go a little bit later than normal. Can make sure I can get everybody in the relevant time zones in to watch some awesome monster movies with us. Um, And this time around, I'm going to make sure there's a nice link to gaming because I've got another gaming supplement in the works, my friend. (laughs) Oh, excellent. Uh, And I think you and I have talked about it off mic before, but you want want a podcast exclusive? You want me to mention it here? I would love a podcast excuse. Yes, what you said, I would love. (laughs) I haven't even mentioned this over at Dice Monster Dice yet, so here we go. End of the month, I'm launching another Kickstarter campaign. This will be for another D&D product, specifically written for Dungeons & Dragons. It's not Harsh Kingdom, okay? It's just general Dungeons & Dragons. 
I love classic monster movies. I love role-playing games. I want to mix the two. And so many role-playing... I'm sorry. So many classic monster movies are in the public domain. I'm going to take the monsters of the public domain monster movies and stat them out for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. The book will be called Monsters from the Public Domain. Uh, We'll put on the title page monsters of the domain and put the word public in parentheses in there uh, but that will be a kickstarter campaign that will be launching at the end of march going to coordinate it with the day that i'm showing movies on gary con to get that captive audience in there and have them have an opportunity to check that out i've already started setting out the giant gila monster from the movie the giant gila monster and oh my i had no idea it was 70 feet long that is a beast and i would not want to be a player in a campaign that has to fight that <laughs> so yeah uh breaking news there you go well and you heard it first that's right here here at uh, radio free oleander um so yeah that's happening at the end of, of the month on uh, gary con uh, you can find out more about gary con at garycon.com uh i also set up a tiny url.com slash gary con monsters so you can learn more about that there as well i'm trying to think of anything else i've got going on you know obviously i'm all over youtube doing stuff as well oh you want another announcement <laughs> i would love it i would love it and and our 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 like i said we're big in poland so this is going to be well celebrated in poland Awesome. All right. I have another YouTube channel that I wanted to launch and wanted to do a whole bunch of stuff with, and life got in the way. Well, darn it, I'm having fun making YouTube videos. I'm going to go back to something that I wanted to do to begin with. I almost brought it up in the middle of the Marvel 5 because it has to do with the Avengers. The first Avengers movie came out nationwide on May 4th. I don't know why they went with May 4th because of the whole May the 4th be with you thing, but May 4th was the the release date. I think it was 2012 whenever it came out. I know it came out earlier as a special premiere in April, but whatever. Wait, nationwide release, May 4th. So on May 4th, 2021, I'm officially relaunching a series that I originally wanted to launch before called Reading the Avengers. Can you guess what the YouTube channel is going to be about? Reading and Avengers? <laughs> yes. So what I'm going to do, and I don't know if I'll be able to make it to the end or not, but I'm sure going to try. There have been over, I'd say, eight, 900 issues of Avengers and related titles over the years. Starting with Avengers number one, I'm going to do a YouTube series where I talk about it. Issue by issue. Amazing. So tune in, <laughs> go to tinyurl.com slash comicstalgia. That's the name of the YouTube channel. It's like nostalgia, except it's comic stalgia. And you'll be able to find it that way. I have a Reading the Avengers playlist already started. It's got an episode zero when I first announced this a couple of years ago. Um, so check that out. Subscribe now so that when the first episode comes out on May 4th, you're already in the loop. And I'm telling you, man, I'm looking forward to that so much because the Avengers has got one heck of a history. So I'm going to go through the Avengers, the West Coast Avengers, Avengers Spotlight, Avengers Team Up, New Avengers, all this stuff. But I'm going to try to do it in order of publication. Well, that, I'm looking forward to that because because I I got into comics so late. I am kind of weak in some of the the classic, you know, Silver Age and, mm. you know, some of the the... the, the uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Me too, All man. Right, Me well. too. There's some older stuff that I haven't read in years. I can't wait to get into. So yeah, thanks for giving me a platform to kind of blab about it online, dude. I appreciate it. 
No, thank you. And I'm sure that I'm sure that sometime in the future you will be one of our, if not first, fourth time appearer, Uh-oh. our guest. And and I guess we're going to have to turn it back over to the goat report. There you go. Where, where do I get my punch card stamped for my third appearance? That's what I want to know. Talk to DB. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the Necrocasticon, where we blend horror and metal for your pleasure and ours, with special guests from horror and metal, with host Smoke and Walt Ball, ah! Thomas R. Clark, Mr. Scott reacts, you don't have to pay for it, which I think is ridiculous. Sergeant Fury, Dan Roberts, and Uncle Skip Novak. Train, train. And where can you find the Necrocasticon, Sergeant Fury? Wherever you get your fine ass podcast. Mondays on Project Entertainment Network. Hey everyone, it's uh, D&D on comics. That's, uh, that's, that's when uh, Dave and I talk about comics instead of Dungeons and Dragons. So, something I wanted to talk about, and I didn't even know there was an animated series coming out until today when I was researching it, is Marvel What If. It's, this is Absolutely. a series that I've been like kind of loving forever since I was like a kid. It's like, oh, I love Marvel. What if like extra dimensional kind of stuff? Like what if this happened? Or kind of like, I guess nowadays people say things like sliding doors or like, I don't know, uh, what, parallel or universe multiverse. Or multiverse. There the, we go. The multiverse. multiverse. Yeah. And, and we're going to see it. So that much more in the uh, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe with, like you said, the what if. So even though these are animated series, they are, to the best of my knowledge, canon in a different dimension. That's awesome. But we're also going to see that in uh, the um, uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. So something I'm wondering is if... Uh Okay, and this is a spoiler for a couple episodes back of WandaVision. If you're not keeping up with WandaVision, you know, maybe skip ahead about a minute or two. So, uh, start now. Uh, what, I, what I'm thinking is, so is, uh, what's his face? Uh, Pietro uh, from WandaVision. Is that actually, I mean, I know it's the one from the other X-Men, but... Is that, so, 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 have you seen the final episode? Yes, I have, but it, it just makes me go, well, is it supposed to be, like... Pietro from the multiverse. That just I don't know. <laughs> so 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 I have a theory about him. Yeah. So so you you know he's Ralph, right? Yeah. So I think that he's Jimmy's witness. Okay. Because he's got headshots with his name under it. So either he's a he other so either he's an actor mm-hmm. or he's practicing his part for being in the witness protection plan. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. All but, right. So, but, if, so I will throw this out oh, for, yeah. for the multiverse. Uh-huh. Uh, you know that Sam Raimi is going to be directing it, right? No. I love Sam Raimi. Yeah, Sam so Raimi's awesome. Sam Raimi. And who does Sam Raimi bring with him? Bruce Campbell. So Bruce Campbell is up for probably going to be in a cameo. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, it's not like Ash has ever appeared in the Marvel Universe before. <laughs> That's true. Especially not in a what-if scenario. <laughs> yeah. Marvel Zombies, I think, was the last last uh, Marvel trade paperback that I sat down and read. 
that I can recall that hasn't been like rehashing old Chris Claremont uh, X-Men from the 70s or old uh, Excalibur from the late 80s or whatever, but, or, you know, just like my X-Factor collection or anything like that. But I, I, I know I've, I, I know I've looked at stuff since then, but it's like uh, Marvel Zombies, kind of like a really big what if. Like just that I don't know that 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 was the last last time I really sat down and was like hey Marvel Comics because I don't know I mean I, I think Marvel Comics are great and I love the MCU uh, for the most part I enjoy it I think it's really fun and cool and it's reintroduced me to comics and really kind of, or the Marvel universe at least and uh, just kind of like reintroduced me to like stuff that I remember from a kid and really liking so it's really been cool maybe in the past I've been kind of like blah superhero movies are dumb but I'm a little bit more I don't know now now that it's not just like oh who's playing Batman now okay what mm-hmm. what, what what character did they drag up to like make a movie out of <laughs> Because <laughs> at first I remember being like Iron Man. I've never even bought an Iron Man comic. Who cares about the Fantastic Four? <laughs> it was 1960. <laughs> A lot of the things, yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm excited about the. I'm excited about um, Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about Loki, but I, you know, I'm excited about this "What If" because the ones that I'm seeing, yeah, uh, it, it it's got a zombie uh-huh. issue episode. Yeah, it's got it's got what if Peggy Carter was uh, took the Super Soldier's uh, serum? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what if Takala uh, has was uh, Star Lord yeah. or became Star Lord. Yeah, that was cool. And as near as near as I can tell, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, uh-huh. but that was Chadwick Boseman's last performance. Was that show? Okay, all right. So I, I, I'm I'm really excited uh, to see that. Yeah, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be an Iron Man episode that. Um, uh, Downey's going to be in. Oh, cool! Uh, is going to voice, um, and, and I think they've got a few others that they've announced, but that um, there's some others though that they haven't announced that are going to kind of be, be surprises. Okay. All right. That sounds cool. Yeah. No. Um, is, is is are there any particular? Uh, what ifs that you 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 recall besides uh, Marvel Zombies? Or actually, that's that was my example. But uh, any any ones that you uh, recall? So in in general, I'm more f- more familiar with what ifs uh-huh. as, as of you know a concept than sure. actually read them. But okay. uh, there's a what if uh, Frank Castle was Agent of Shield? Oh yeah. Where he's uh, he's much more aggressive than Shield is, and so he takes some he takes his units more and more, and he gets you know yelled at by Fury for you know all everything he's doing. Is, is and that if like, end, if 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 his family hadn't died, what had happened? No, no. So okay, and it is his family dies. Okay, and I think there is a what if if his family hadn't died, but he gets arrested right off the bat as being okay. the Punisher. Uh-huh. And Fury comes up and says, "Okay, I'm going to give you. Uh, you go to jail, or you work for us." Gotcha. And so at the end, they're you know they're invading Hydra Island, and, and he he flips the switch on a nuke and just takes himself and everybody on the island out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank Castle, you cut up. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I was a huge fan of What If, and I, I, I even actually liked the Marvel versus DC uh, amalgam stuff that, I don't know, I, I really kind of liked, like, the What If uh, Bruce Wayne was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of stuff. Yeah, that was saying, somewhere in my memory, there was a Bruce Wayne agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah, and I, I remember that was, like, actually, like, kind of good. <laughs> Versus like Dark Claw, the Wolverine Batman mixture. It's like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. What ifs? There's, there's like, uh, what if? Uh, I, I remember joke ones like, what if uh, a spider was bitten by a radioactive human kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if, what if Spider-Man kept all uh, his six arms? You know, just, just goofy dumb stuff. A lot of times, like goofy dumb stuff with Spider-Man. But also sometimes, like, what if Spider-Man was killed by Craven kind of stuff. You know, just, like, yeah. what if the X-Men, you know, the all-new X-Men died in their first mission? <laughs> it's like, what if the X-Men lost Inferno? <laughs> and I love this this whole sort of, you know, so it's not, it is, it's like the specific point changes, mm-hmm. you know. Um and there are definitely, you know, there's what ifs, but there's there's other other alternative universe like the House of M mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is is another universe. Uh, Neil Gaiman's, I think it's fourteen ninety nine, yeah. is basically a what if, you know. I mean, if what, you see what a lot they... to the Watcher at any point in time, you know it's a what if. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, the other one, what if? Um, uh, Captain America fought in the Civil War. Ooh. And, and, and he fights, you know, his brother in arms, Bucky, joins, you know, the South Side. But um, I, I don't remember what, but Bucky's, Bucky's wounded and his face is damaged, so he becomes white, uh, uh, the White Skull. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> crazy stuff um oh yeah no i remember the 1492 i think it was where it's like wait a minute who's this blonde native american guy oh i get it captain america oh okay all right (laughs) yeah sometimes it's it there's there's okay not sometimes a lot of the times what if uh feature kind of cheesy things i don't know some sometimes i wonder if they just start as like a joke in the office like hey what do you think would happen if uh Frank Castle's family lived. I don't know. Go home. <laughs> yeah. hey, what What do you think would happen if, uh, like, in issue five of Fantastic Four, if uh, Doctor Doom was a hero instead? Ooh. What if What if the Fantastic Four like totally like failed with Galactus? Ooh. What if they fought Doctor Doom when they didn't have powers? <laughs> like writers sitting around being like, "What if? Oh no no." <laughs> Oh, or, or, or it's a retcon, you know. I really like the series, except I wish they did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or someone's like, you know, I really want to draw She-Hulk. Can we come up with the She-Hulk? What? <laughs> yeah. So, what if Marvel came to you and says, "We want you to do a what if"? Oh, wow. Did I catch you off guard on that? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, man, uh, 
I, I, I guess I would probably want to do something with like uh, 70s uh, X-Men, probably with like the Phoenix Saga, like, I don't know, like somehow change some aspect of the Phoenix Saga so that it like ended differently or something. But I, I, I don't know how to, or, or like maybe like, what if like the X-Men like totally were like, F this, we're going to go hang out with the Kree. <laughs> Forget her. Okay. This is terrible. We're going to be like star jammers now, everyone. Let's get ready to be star jammers. Yeah! We're going to bell bottoms and hang out what? in space. <laughs> so, I, I think... I would, what what's was is it Isaiah Bradley was the the first the African American Captain America? Oh, I'm I'm terrible. At my stuff. my what if would be, what if the government acknowledged him and made him the official Captain America in the forties? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's cool. What if? I'm just a what to the watcher being like, what if? <laughs> that, I, I think that was one of my. Uh, I, I, I'm like trying to remember actually which movie was that. That like Stan Lee was like on the moon with Uatu the Watcher, and I'm like, oh, I think it might have been a dead. That film. was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I know it was a Marvel movie because it had a Stan Lee cameo, and uh, you know, <laughs> and they left him there. <laughs> Cool, cool. All right. Well, um, that's. I think that's about it, everyone. I mean, this has been a long episode, and boy, are my arms tired. Uh, anything else we want to talk about before we take off there, Dave? Um, no. Just you know, um, just remember, don't steal goats and paint them blue. Yeah. If you do, don't blame this show on it. <laughs> also, uh, check the show notes. Find out our uh, official Patreon that is now going on. Help support the show. And if you throw enough money at us, you'll get a bunch of stuff every three months, like T-shirts, uh, stickers, long sleeve shirts, a mug. No, Non-blue goats. Non-blue goats. <laughs> but yeah, no. Offer, uh, off, offer, not, offer for goats not valid in anywhere but Oleander, Oregon. Exactly. Exactly. So, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about us. Uh, just, you know, uh, check us out. We're, we're, we're all over the place wherever you find podcasts and the few places that you don't find podcasts. We're there for some reason. I don't know. Like, go to the City Hall. There's there's a bunch of tapes of us. I, I don't remember recording the tapes, but someone records tapes of us, so... There, there's also videotapes of me sleeping for some reason. Yeah... I don't know what's up with that. We'll, we'll figure that out at some point in time. Or not. I don't know. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Radio Free Oleander. This has been one of your hosts, D.B. Spitzer. Dave? I am the other host. And, and we wish you goodbye. Especially Auntie Katarina. Your boys are doing well. Send me the fish. And pointed hats. Yes. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Cue sound effects. Cue music. End credits. All right. Citizens of Oleander, be aware that there is a double curfew in effect. A double lockdown, if you will. You are free to do what you need to do. But be aware. Stay away from manhole covers. Stay away from the downtown city structures. Stay away from the Civic Center. 
Stay away from the cemetery and the mayor's residence. Stay away from pretty much any civic outposts until the end of March. Stay away from my goats and my minions. And of course, please take photos of yourself and share on Instagram my cool space laser. According to this, up next is someone named Lumberjack talking about transcendental what's this? Meditation. Okay. No, 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 no. My, my god. My copy was wrinkled. I can read. Thank you. And after that, farm report. Okay. Where's the button on this?